1: With my co-host Leah Jacobson, I've gotten rid of Sam because Sam just really wasn't cutting it. It's uh, really it's about it's all about Leah. This is so awesome <laughs> that you're here.
0: Sam's here. Oh yeah, I like, Sam is
1: here. <laughs> Sorry about that, Sam. No, I just didn't fine. notice you there. I
0: didn't realize I was fired, but it, it's okay. I mean, I can you know. You're stuff still on, you're
1: still on double secret probation. Remember, <laughs> I told you that. Um, no. So, uh, Sam, I'm always glad that you're here.
0: I'm always glad to be here. Uh,
1: and and uh, and actually, this series of six shows that we're doing with Leah um, on feminism are really, really, um, uh, they're wonderful. And and it came from you really reaching out saying, "Hey, this is a good. This would be a good a good opportunity." And I wholeheartedly agree. And that's why we invited Leah to be here. And Leah is the CEO and founder of the Guiding Star Project. You can find out more about the great work at the good folks, by the good folks of Guiding Star Project at guidingstarproject.com. Um, also, Leah, we're going to remind everyone that she's a wife and mother, mother of seven.
2: I do. Which is your, great, your
1: greatest accomplishment. That is it. That's oh, it right there. For sure. Top of the heat. That's so wonderful. Yeah. You've been successful in life. You can just pretty much give up now uh,
2: pretty and just much. wait on Mother's Day. I'm done. Every year. Yeah. Yeah. No. So,
1: so, so good that uh, you've done that. And also, you've written a book called Holistic Feminism, which we've been talking about. The concept of holistic feminism. Uh, The subtitle is Healing the Identity Crisis Caused by the Women's Movement. Um, You can find that book at Amazon, but also LumenPress.org. L U M E N Press.org. So, with that, we're going to now we're we're five shows deep into feminism, and it's interesting that. We're now going to kind of turn to uh, this idea of a culture of life. I remember John Paul II made a big, profound statement that we were essentially embroiled in a culture of death.
0: Yeah. And
1: that was was pretty harsh language. Well,
0: in fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that it became a thing that every time he flew to the United States, he had soil brought to him so he could kiss the ground even when he was too frail to personally yeah. bend down to kiss the ground and he would kiss the soil that was brought to him and he would look up at the reporters who were gathered to greet him and say America has succumbed to a, a culture of death. It's, it's, it's scary. <laughs> that was his greeting.
1: Because <laughs> there's some there's some prophetic uh, elements to that. Yes. Right? And we're watching we're watching that kind of stuff unfold um, and while this, this may be, I, I want to tell people they need to make sure That if they listen to this episode, you must listen to episode six of this series. Because we're going to talk about today, you know, essentially how not to build a culture of life.
0: Yes. This is going to be a very
1: (laughs) negative episode. And I, I, I say that with the caveat that... Uh, you know the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That Jesus Christ is a victor and ruler. Uh, that he has fought the good fight and has been victorious and triumphant uh, and reigns in heaven. And that, mm. that, that there are good things to be known by everyone Amen. and to be believed and to be followed. But at the same time, I think this is going to be one of those shows about like sort of calling out um, what is this culture of death and 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 how we're not building a culture of life. So if you tune into. To, version or, or episode six of this series we will be talking about how to build that culture of life so i want Amen. to make sure that Amen. we're we'll doing both. it's just going to take a little while to get there but so let's start with how not to build a culture of death so we'll just leave that all on Leah well, well, life. Well, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. culture of life exactly right thank you
2: well i love that we're pivoting here you know from we've been talking about john paul ii's new feminism and talking about holism and holistic feminism um and when John Paul II called for that new feminism, part of that quotation from Evangelium Vitae, paragraph 95, roughly, someplace in there, um, he asked the women of the church you know, to embrace a new feminism, to reject models of male domination, so as to reconcile man with life. Mm. And it was an acknowledgment that we had lost sight we had lost sight of everything that man was doing to uh, depersonalize to lose sight of the of the human of the very human element of the of the of the individual um, and asked the women of the church to restore that through new feminism
1: amen and and that's really but but we haven't done that. <laughs> I guess. we're working
2: on it. <laughs> we're we're too working on s- it. Okay, we're so as I get it. older,
1: I'm realizing it's just we're too slow. I'm getting impatient. Sure. So I'm ready for it to get underfoot.
2: Well, and I think you know, as we're talking about the culture of life, I think most Catholics automatically equate that with the issue of abortion. You know, it, it's equated with the pro-life movement, and that
1: that can be a problem in and of it itself. It can be,
2: it can be, because a culture of life should be, uh, you know, the seeing of the human person in any condition. You know, the elderly, the incarcerated, the unborn, like wherever vulnerability exists, that's where you see a culture of death really rooting out um, their uh, their God given dignity. And so, culture of life is bigger than the issue of abortion. However, when we look at the gravity of the issues. Abortion is always front and center.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, that's that's I don't want to diminish the importance of discussing abortion. Yeah. But one of the problems with only talking about abortion mm-hmm. is that we that we actually become a victim to some of the argument, the counter arguments. That's right. All you guys want to do is make babies. Yep. And it's like, well, wait, I didn't say that.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Well, and also, do you think it's fair to say? that uh, some some people within the pro-life movement have approached it in such a way, treating abortion as the problem as opposed to abortion being a symptom of much deeper problems. Do you think that that's that's fair to say?
2: Oh, I would absolutely agree. I think if you think that stopping abortion is going to stop the dehumanizing of the unborn, maybe in a generation because laws do affect, you know, how we view things. but, The fact of the matter is people are still going to see the, you know, the unwanted pregnancy as such an inconvenience that they want to escape. Um, There's still going to be a demand for running from the acceptance of the other when you don't fix the root causes.
1: And there's still going to be unwanted pregnancies.
2: Absolutely. Right.
1: So that's still be part of the issue.
0: If you're going to point to one root cause of abortion, what would you say it is?
2: Uh, well, I think it's absolutely probably the fall. I mean, <laughs> we, go, we would go way back into the garden, you know, with Adam and Eve, where where they don't know their God given identity, where that's seated, where they don't understand that God made them with intention and purpose and that their bodies have a purpose uh, and a reason. And it goes back to that distrust, that shame of the body that God never intended for us.
1: Right. I, 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 I have teached. Um, taught, I have teached.
0: (laughs) He's a teacher. Yeah. (laughs) High
1: school seniors. And they're always amazed when I ask them like what was the first like result of that first sin? What was the first iteration of the first thing that happened? And and when you tell them, it's like, well, they covered themselves. What what does that mean? I mean essentially they immediately started lusting. They started seeing the body in a Mm. in a shameful way. Yeah. Right? And recognizing each other. It's like, I don't want you looking at me. Why don't you look at me? Yeah. Right, you, so they covered themselves, and it's like that's been with us for two thousand years, and that shame is a result of that first disobedience, that first problem, and that first lack of recognition that God made us for a purpose and gave us bodies for a purpose. And it's actually a a beautiful gift.
2: I think it's really telling as well. You know, John Paul II, the very first time he addressed the crowds after you know becoming Pope, John Paul was, "Be not afraid." And he said, be not afraid over and over yeah. and over again in his pontificate. And it really is, you know, be not afraid of who you were meant to be. Be not afraid of God, the creator. You know, be not full of shame in many ways. Be not afraid. There is goodness. There is beauty. There is truth. Um, so
1: how are we not creating a culture of life? What are we doing wrong? I mean, what essentially, what's happening there?
2: Well, I think in many ways, we are... Um, we're commodifying the person you know we're not seeing the unique individual that God has created others to be Um, we're creating false personas we're presenting ourselves as something culturally and socially acceptable we're not being fully ourselves
0: do you think that the lie in the garden the serpent's lie in the garden is is the serpent continuing to spread that same lie through consumer culture
2: well I think, you know, the lie, ultimately, you know, eat this apple or fig or whatever the fruit is. Eat this fruit and you can be... I'm
1: in the persimmon club. I'm on Team Persimmon. <laughs> <laughs> <Just me. laughs>
2: My priest says it's a fig. <laughs> whatever.
1: He's probably I a, thought
0: it was a watermelon. <laughs>
1: Depends on which seminary you went a to. That bite they took.
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
1: obviously a very liberal seminary, but whatever. You know, whatever. He has his right to his opinion.
0: So the
2: lie, the lie, eat this fruit and you will be like God. What that really is saying is God held out on you. Like you cannot trust God that he gave you everything you he need. He hid this from you. He hid something from and you. And he wants
1: to keep the good stuff from he you. He
2: withheld the good stuff from you. You cannot trust him as your creator. And so as that trickles down now, you know, centuries later, millennia later into where we're at currently, we still have a distrust of our creator. We have a distrust of what we've been given that it's not enough, that it's not enough to make us happy. I'm not going to be content with the way I was created and what he has given me. Yeah, think
1: about the lie when people think, well, God made a mistake with me.
2: 100%.
0: So I'm not enough. I have to acquire in order to have value. I have to accomplish in yep. order to have value. So I'm I'm creating value for myself. Basically. It's
2: grasping. I'm grasping yep. at something. I want to take something for myself. I will make my life the way that is going to make
1: me happy. And that, you know that used to... Uh, like be demonstrated most by like you know whether it was land or peoples like overcoming nations and taking nations take you know mm. having more land and uh, yeah. more property and whatever then it became it's it's all the way up to you know big screen TVs and golf clubs and whatever else you know men want you know a big tool chest whatever you know women have I'm sure they're they're the things that they need to have more of purses yeah whatever it is I wasn't going to say it but but the point <laughs> is you know there there are all these things that that that's how it's been demonstrated but now it's really sort of turned into um, like Our bodies It has Redefining our bodies I want to acquire What I was not given
2: Well And we see this In in many Aspects of health But I think the area That it's Really alarming To see Are the number Of young people You know Seeking out Cosmetic surgeries Or corrective surgeries You know Fix that nose That's crooked Or inject those lips With something You know Filler Um, There's a gross Mutilation of of our Physical body Happening that really does speak in many ways to a culture of death. Because now, it
1: doesn't say that that there aren't necessary corrective surgeries for the, the cleft palates and things like that, that. Sometimes we see yes. a need uh, to do yes. that, and there is great compassion, and that's one of the beautiful gifts of medical science to allow that. But it really, yeah. we're talking about the the, the, uh, the elective procedures that so often happen, yeah. augmentations and whatnot that take place to affect, like particularly a woman's body, but even men do the same things. Yep. You know, whether it's take away some fat here or there or put yep. on something there. The reality is that that's we're trying to acquire something that wasn't there before only because we think that's what gives us value.
2: Exactly. We somehow think that we are better when we appear a certain way. And there is a, a definite change in the level of gravity when it goes from, you know, appearance to function. You know, when we start to negatively affect the function of our body by... Removing um, certain parts um, or changing certain parts to such a point that they're no longer functioning, um, that takes Fix, on the, fixing
1: them. Fixing. Right? <laughs> getting, Which means really breaking them.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I think this kind of culture of death, this idea, it goes so far back to this distrust in the garden, this distrust that God knew what He was doing, that He was purposeful, that I am good and I am enough, um, and that I really truly know that I'm a beloved child of God. You know, I know whose I am. Therefore, I know who I am.
0: Mm. If you don't know who you, if you don't know whose you are, you can't know who you are.
2: Then. Amen. Yeah. So we
0: talk
1: uh, in in Catholic theological circles a lot about being made in the image and likeness of God, and that's one of the big parts, Amen. obviously, of what uh, John Paul II was helping us to see more clearly. Yeah. But the reality is that message has been lost over the centuries and over the generations. Oh, I would agree.
2: I would would absolutely agree. We don't see the male and the female body together, you know, as God explained to us, you know, he made them male and female. He made them. (laughs) Right. In in his image and likeness, he made them.
1: I know, because we, and I guess we get so um, uh, locked in, or maybe you mentioned in a previous episode about being reductionist about things, but we're reductionist about that and think, well, that means that, God has arms and legs or doesn't have arms and legs or God doesn't have breasts or sure. he does have... We get caught up into whether God is male or female. Then we start rejecting that which we know God is not male or female. Uh, you know, and, and we start to...
0: It's beyond that.
1: We, yeah. start, we start putting human aspects yeah. on that. Then we, so we put God in a little box.
2: The beautiful... Like, the beauty. This is... The beautiful thing, though, is that, you know, man and woman together, like man and woman in covenantal marriage together, the bodies together, that is love God is love, and God is a relationship of love. And so it's these bodies that are necessary for us to show the physicality and the reality and the realness of love. Oh, and then you
1: get into like total self-gift, and you start realizing that, uh, you know, it's not often that like Hollywood culture would ever get it right, but there's a line from a movie that I don't recommend that everybody see, (laughs) Jerry Maguire. Um, just skip through the first five Show minutes. Show me the money? Yeah. That's not the line. But when when he goes in and gives his living room talk and he tries to get the girl back and he says these three words, which are famous words that Jerry Maguire says, he says, you complete me. Yeah. And, and I look at that and I go yep. like, he understands the complementarity of the sexes. He, he finally gets it, which I don't think he does. I don't think even Hollywood meant that. But I use as an example of like, look, the reality is, you know... When when Adam was made, God knew instantly that he was not going to be able to get himself to heaven. He really yep. wasn't. He's going to need somebody, a helpmate,
2: yep.
1: right? Someone to be like him in many yep. ways, but essentially to complement him. And the fact that God made Eve from Adam's rib from his side, mm-hmm. right? There there's a there's a, a horizontal aspect, you know, of equality yep. there. Um, not subsidiarity, but but essentially equality. Mm-hmm. You know, side to, side by side, we're going to journey, but but one completes the other.
2: Amen. And, and, and our bodies, th- our bodies don't make sense on their own. So to try to find your identity, your fullness, your purpose, your everything without looking at your body, you're you're going to be confused perpetually.
1: And the converse is also true. To try to make sense of your body based on your thought process alone, you can't do it. Yeah. Right, so in other words, people that sort of redefine themselves. Well, I believe that I'm, I am this, but my body says I'm not. Well, I'm going to reject the body then. Yeah, it's like then you become totally incomplete yep. because okay. there's a complementarity between your uh, uh, your spirit yep. and your flesh.
2: It, the whole thing is connected from the very beginning, that moment of conception. You are you. You are uniquely you. Um, and and you you can't mess that. You're
1: fearfully and wonderfully made.
2: Amen. Yeah, these
1: are all beautiful things, uh, and yet we keep getting it horribly more and more horribly wrong.
2: Yeah, and I think you know because
1: we're starting to get positive there, and I really want to bring this thing down. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. Oh sorry. Sorry. It's okay. See, so,
1: yeah, let's let's bring it back down let's to bring the this reality. Down
2: to how we mess it up. No, no,
1: no. Because 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 there are things that we do in life that I think that we really don't think they're that harmful. Yeah. I mean the 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 little lies we tell ourselves like this extra drink, um, this little time with pornography, um, this excursion outside my marriage, whatever. Those little things we think, well, that that's not going to bring the whole house of cards down. But it's like, okay, but if it's a house of cards, that one card is going to make the whole thing collapse.
2: Yeah, and, and so and truly, a those culture, little things matter. A culture of life would be a culture of love, which we just defined love as you know relationship. And complementarity. And so, when we have a culture of death, what we have is loss of relationship. It's individualistic, it's selfish, it's isolated, it's me against the world. Uh, And that's the culture that we've been living in. And I think we get it wrong a lot of times, you know, sometimes in pro life ministry. That's the area that I've really given a lot of my last two decades of my life to, is working kind of within that movement when we remove you know, a mother in a crisis pregnancy situation from support systems, from a family system, when we only give her that sort of, you can do it all by yourself, total empowerment, it's an isolating solution.
1: I, I was just in a store yesterday, and I'm going to sound very anti-technology. I'm not. I'm sitting here with my iPhone 12 Pro Max sitting in front of me. But, <laughs> but my point is, uh, there was a sign on one of the registers that said, um, look up and put your phone down. I mean, the fact that a retail place mm-hmm. had to do that—it speaks volumes. You'd never see that mm-hmm. sign ever, um, any time in, in previous generations. And so, we're drawn uh, to this isolationist viewpoint, yep. and we're continuing that. So, we parents have to be vigilant about what their kids are watching, how much time they're spending there, because literally, uh, the the idea that you're staying there with your hands together with your thumbs yep. tapping on the screen. And you're not having human interactions. You're not having relationships. Yep. So, which means then the necessary relationships for the promulgation of life are not taking place in the same way or at all. Yeah, And agreed. then people are having relationships in virtual ways, which is also not possible for procreation.
2: Well, and you think the more you know inward focus we become, the more focused we are on our, our social media following or our persona the less likely we are to really look around us and see who needs my help right now, so we lose that personalization of the needy around us. We're not going to think about the the man that's wrongly accused on death row when we're focusing on our YouTube following. <laughs> you know, like you miss really important things in everyday life when you become so self-promoting. When
1: it's when it's exclusive, that's when it becomes a problem because there are good things about. Um Social media as well. I mean, because you sometimes hear about those kind of cases yep. right through social media. But the key is how to hear about something and then look up, yep. and put the phone down and then yep. do something about it. Yeah.
0: Well, social media is another example in which we are literally commoditizing ourselves. You know, people say, uh, and even the social media uh, producers, the, the the creators of the platform, say, if you're not paying for the service, then you yourself are the product. You know, because people are being socially engineered on these social media platforms uh, in order for marketers to come in and market to you in this or that way. So we are literally commoditizing ourselves, Mm -hmm. turning ourselves into a product Mm -hmm. uh, on social media. And there is not always a, a uh, self-centeredness to it, not always, but definitely always a self-focus. And, you know, just kind of returning to what we were talking about the beginning, you know, we asked, you know, the cult, how not to build a culture of life you know what not to do and you know we talked about the notion that the pro-life movement typically considers abortion the problem as opposed to pointing at deeper problems And which brought us into this, this, this discussion about the fall and the way it's kind of manifesting today in consumer culture would you say that if we if we have listeners out there who really want to kind of uh, take on the cause of life yeah and help build a culture for life that we might need to ask ourselves, have we given in to some of the lies of consumer culture ourselves? Have we given in to that self-centeredness? Have we given in to this notion of, I have to keep up with the Joneses, I have to acquire more? And if we are living in that way, are we gonna, is it going to be hard to be persuasive in speaking to a woman who says, well, I want to live in this way and I can't do that with this kid you
2: know? sure. <laughs> like, sure, sure. I really think if you're wanting to really step in, and I know we'll talk more about the positives in the next episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay, Leah. You have permission.
2: But it is <laughs> that it, that intention towards relationship um, that people always matter before things. Um, and our culture right now is very consumeristic, and things have become you know highly prized. And um,
1: we've even treated people as things.
2: We have. We have people, you know, the, the pornography industry, sex trafficking. I mean, these are multi-billion dollar industries um, because it seems that we like to use people as products, and that's, that is the epitome of a culture of death, a culture that sees people as um, disposable, expendable. That's a culture of death,
0: 100%. So, so do you think it's fair to say that we might need to work, take radical self-inventory And think about maybe changing the way, you know, calling ourselves accountable for the way that we think and the way that we live if we want to point another way, another option uh, out to a woman who might be struggling with a crisis pregnancy. Yeah,
2: I think so so many times I think we get very self-righteous and we're like, well, I would never choose an abortion. I would never do that. And if somebody that does that is, you know, a terrible person... But we're neglecting to recognize that you know our own habits might be feeding into that culture that makes that a very reasonable option. For yeah, we're her. part
1: of the culture that's the problem, yeah. and we have to recognize our place in that and what we can do to be a, a positive influence. Because we, I, I mean, I don't. I, I, this is a show about you know um, how not to build a culture of life, and we've done a really good job of that. <laughs> you know, it's just we've we've done an exceptionally good job of that, and we need to figure out how how to reverse that. Uh, because it's and it's not going to be an easy task. Yeah, I mean, and the, the uh, a lot of people don't realize just what I mean. Abortion is the ultimate betrayal,
2: absolutely, right of, of life. Our nature,
1: yeah, just because it's it's the most vulnerable. That's it totally that that child is totally dependent upon the mother,
2: and it's a woman at her ultimate most glorious moment as well that's it's, right it's a rejection of her highest calling
1: right and so that's a, a rejection of god and a meaning and purpose and a rejection of joy and all these things and and it's really sometimes it's unwitting sometimes it's unfortunately chosen as a simple easy methodology but it speaks volumes um you know we we as a country were brought to our knees uh at 9 11 for good reason it was a terrible situation very tragic three thousand more than three thousand people died that day that's how many babies die every day yep. in the United States. And and there's silence. In fact, there's yep. encouragement for more yeah. opportunities for abortion. Yeah. And so we really need to understand that abortion is not the problem. There's an underlying problem, but abortion is so egregious yep. that we've got it it's not going away until we until we get to the root. Of those problems that we're already experiencing in this sort of culture of death.
2: Yeah, and really, I mean, that root—I'm not kidding when I say it's the fall. It's that distrust of the Creator. It's that distrust that our bodies have a purpose. It's a distrust of the biological consequences of sex. It's a distrust of, um, you know, God's original design with man and woman being meant to be in relationship and in a family unit. It's everything that God gave us, us saying, "I don't think that's right."
1: Yeah, reject the persimmon. Yeah. Or reject the fig, whichever it is for you. <laughs> I said watermelon. <laughs> reject the watermelon. Yeah, that's my new. That's my new Catholic bumper sticker. No, I, I, I get it. It's a. It's a. They're. These are terribly troubled times, and I don't want to get pessimistic and think like it's the end of everything. But at the same time, we we are supposed to be agents of change with the Holy Spirit working through us, mm-hmm. and that's what we're called to do and to be. And so we need to address these things in a way to realize that we're that we we can be agents of change. Yeah. We can be used by God.
2: And and you know, props to the pro-life movement in particular. It's been active in our country for a yeah. long time. There have been many babies saved, you know, at, yes. at the door of the abortion clinic. Props yes. to it. But, you know, 47 8 years later, we still have a high demand for abortion in our culture yeah. because the root cause goes much deeper. So we
1: still need those people on the front lines. We still need those people to be at those clinics to, to to pr- pray we and do. to present options and to also help people uh, assist them. Uh, so that's, that's good work. They need to continue that. But then the rest of us also need to be active in working at reversing this culture of death.
2: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Well, let's
1: ask, oh, our blessed Mother. You know, God is life. Mary is the mother of God, so Mary is the mother of life. And so let's pray and ask her to pray for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, mother, mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff.com